you've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are talking about 1971's The Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. And you might be thinking, a Hammer film from 1971? Is Brian back on the show? No, this was a Scott pick. (laughs) So Scott, Scott. tell us about, I feel like right there with Giallo, Hammer film seems like one of those things that you would be extremely adverse to ever having us watch or discuss on this podcast. Yeah, I think I fucked up this week, guys. (laughs) I had the best of intentions. This was supposed to be in my mind. This I picked this months ago, and I was like, okay, this is going to be my idea of a Valentine's episode because I thought that it was much more romantic than it is. It's not. This is my second watch. This is the only Hammer film I've watched twice. I mean, like, I, I've watched a good amount of Hammer, and I don't dislike Hammer films. I just find that they are very slow, and... I thought that this one was much more fast-paced, and I also thought that Valerie Leone, lead actress, actually had brown hair, and so I was like, hubba hubba, Uh, that was a wig. So all of my expectations were ruined by re-watching this film and reading up about it. I don't know, Like, I think that the concept is cool, though. I really think that this movie is is one of the better hammers that I've seen. You know, there's stuff like Witchfinder General that I really want to like, and there's, um, you know, the the older Draculas and things like that, like the Hammer Draculas that I really want to like, and I just can't get into them, but but this one did hold my attention both times I watched it. I just worry that there's not enough going on in it for us to really yeah. riff. I think that that's the my problem that I have with most Hammer films is that I've said this about 
the musician Dave Matthews Band, and I'll, I'll apply it to, to Hammer as well, is I used to say that I like every Dave Matthews Band song I hear so long as it's not followed by another Dave Matthews Band song. <laughs> and I feel like my tolerance for Hammer is like one at a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can do like, I can sit down and enjoy like a 90 minute Hammer film for like what it is. They're not even 90 minutes, dude. That's why it's like... I thought that this was going to be a slam dunk for us because it's like, yeah. you know, 70 minutes. <laughs> it's, like 80, it's like 85 minutes. But it's it's very classy. It's very beautifully shot. Like, yeah. they're great. The times that I have watched Hammer films, and this sounds terrible, and people will be just dropping one-star ratings all over this, <laughs> I'm sure. But, like, my best experience watching Hammer films has always been, like, it's on in the background. I'm kind of, like, walking around doing stuff, but then, like, I'll stop and sit and watch, like, 15 minutes. I'm like, God, this is gorgeous. Yeah. And then I'll, like, go and, like, live my life. And then, like, the last 15 minutes happens. I'm like, oh, man, it got crazy. And then, like, I'm done for the day. Yeah, yeah I, I have a similar sort of feeling towards it. It's like, I feel like I've seen more than I have, but it's because the ones that I've seen feel like they just really encapsulate what the rest will be. So it's like, it, it almost feels like, like, now that I've seen this, I won't watch another Hammer movie for, I don't know how long. A <laughs> like, year, two years. Two yeah. months at minimum, yeah. a year at you most. Know? Yeah, and, like, it's not, and it's not because I didn't, like... Um, like it, like it's not fun to look at, or like the you know the aesthetic is weird, or like uh, the visuals are are beautiful, or the wigs are just so spot on that like you couldn't tell anything different. Hush, um, quiet, but, you. <laughs> um, well, even like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there: the sound engineering, the the scene where the dude gets attacked by a snake in bed, like that scene is fucking chaotic and crazy as hell, and the sound engineering in the background where you're like feeling just as unhinged and crazy as he is just by like all of these different noises happening simultaneously. It's like, there are so many great things in hammer. Mm -hmm. There's not like a, I've never watched a hammer movie and been like, well, that was bad. It's right. just always been like, well, that wasn't for me. That's not for me. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. But I want to keep trying. It's like there's they yeah. have such a such a, a like a, a big place in horror history and like horror, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I, just I not. Just, I, but I, I, I think that's a pacing thing for a lot of different. I don't know if it's like a, I don't British stuff anyway. Like that's just that's sort of. I don't if know. there was British humor in the Hammer stuff, but they're just so dry. You know, like they're that's so really dry. the problem. I I love them for the the. I, really, the only thing I like about Hammer, and it's a big thing, is I like the costuming, and and yeah. that's really what they were doing, you know, like that's what their whole shtick mm. was. They probably had, you know, fifty outfits for each person, yeah. and they reused them, you know, oh, like it's, just it's so th it's so theatrical, like it does, yeah. like it's all the costuming and the, blood is so and the red, you know, and the like sets are so cardboard or like they're so plywood, like when those rocks. Yeah, I was gonna say the red blood, the red <laughs> blood is like the thing I think of when I think of Hammer, and I love. I wish that there was more of it, like. Every time that it cut to just that never-ending bloody stump throughout the movie, I was just like, yeah, yeah. more of that. Please. Like, I, you know, Please. I, I have more, more of that. that. I, and, and I didn't even think about it the first time I watched it, but I really do have to give them props for the way that they handled a disembodied hand in 1971. I think that they did a really good job because I know exactly how they were doing it. I'm not an idiot. I mean, I'm an idiot in other ways, but not that specific way. I understand how they were doing it when they're getting it to like walk across the sand and stuff. And I still think that it's a really, that is the one thing about this film that holds up. You know, nothing else really holds up except for 
the way that they made the hand move. And that's pretty important because it's the main antagonist, really, you know? There's some really interesting history behind this movie that I found to be way more entertaining than the second watch. But the dad, Professor Fuchs, was supposed to be played by Peter Cushing. Because Peter Cushing was like, you know, he did everything in Hammer. But he was only on set for one day because the second day he was supposed to come back to to continue filming, his wife was diagnosed with emphysema and he quit. So, Shit. you know, it's it's just very it's very interesting what this movie could have been if right. we had. But also, could could Peter Cushing have brought gravitas to this? I, I don't know. I, there, there was a lot going on with the script because it's an adaptation of the Bram Stoker novel, The Jewel of Seven Stars. And that has to do with the ring. Right. And they're talking about how, like, the stars align and then, you know, like the the evil Egyptian queen can come back to life. I wouldn't be adverse to, like, reading that because it sounds super fun to me. But in any case, it was originally, you know, based on that. And the original writer, which I didn't write down his name. I think I read one of these facts, too, that they basically, like, booted him off of set. And they and he, was, he like, still was able he to, was like... He was losing his mind yeah. that they were, like, changing so much of it. They're yeah. like, you can't be here, dude. Yeah, like, this is how he, movies work. Sometimes scripts change. Yeah, yeah but, but the fun thing is, is that he still got, like, messages from the... the from the production, from within. somebody was, yeah, yeah, yeah somebody it was, like, was. It was a real island me. of lost souls type situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's not put this on the level of insanity of you know island of Doctor Moreau. But the director, his name was Seth Holt, and he died of a heart attack five weeks into the six week shoot. Um, he collapsed into one of the uh, women's arms who was working, one of the cast members, and he died on set. And then um, it was finished by another guy named Michael Carreras. I believe he was the one that was working on the story or working on the adaptation. And so that's why he kind of just had had the rest of the production dropped in his lap. So... It does kind of come up as a quote-unquote cursed film. When you hear about cursed films, you hear Exorcist and Twilight Zone. You don't hear about Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. Yeah. It's either the Fatty Arbuckle biopic or there's like another one. I think it's called like Wagon's East or something like that. But it's two different – actually, I think it's both of them. But they're two films where every time they cast the lead, they died the same year that they were cast. Wow. And both cases, it was – John Belushi first, then John Candy, then Chris Farley. Oh, like fuck. all three of those dudes were cast in the same roles and died before they could start production on those films. So like those have been considered like cursed That's scripts. Cursed. Like wow. I, I don't know. I also take it from the perspective of like, you know, John Hughes very infamously when John Candy died, walked away from Hollywood and really never did anything else. I think he like ghost wrote two scripts or something like that in like the last 25 years of his life because he was like my friend could have lost weight and been fine but you guys like made him feel like if he wasn't like fatty fall down then like it wasn't worth him being out here and it's like okay well if you're making these movies I don't think John Belushi or Chris Farley died because they got cast in a Fatty Arbuckle movie. I think they died because they were doing a lot of blow and heroin at the same right. time right. <laughs> to like right. keep up with being able to do the but prep cursed, calls. Cursed, cursed, cursed. Yeah. <laughs> it's that yeah. double thing where it's like, yeah, like you're being told like you have to be big. Like the bigger you are, the funnier people are going to find you in these movies. But then also like, 
hey, you're the pratfall guy. So, and it's right. like, how many of like the pratfall guys get hooked onto all these different painkillers because they're fucking throwing themselves oh. against walls and downstairs? Mm-hmm. And it's a vicious spiral for those dudes. It's like it's not a shock, but yeah, no, I. I have a question for you. Did you did you guys both watch the um, Brittany Murphy documentary? Oh, not yet. No. No. I'm sure that'll destroy me. Megan and I watched it a couple months back, and um, it's depressing as hell and yeah. pretty interesting. But the thing is, is that Kathy and Jimmy was like interviewed a shitload for it because I guess that she was really close with Brittany Murphy and Kathy and Jimmy is one of those people that lost a ton of weight and I don't know if that had anything to do with her working less in Hollywood but I don't I don't know her reasonings and I don't know how it affected her you know how it affected her career or if it if it impacted her career at all but I, I always think about her in reference to like those large men who were comedians because like Kathy and Jimmy to me Maybe that's just because I watched Hocus Pocus as a kid and, you know, whatever else she was in that I saw her as a kid. Yeah, Sister Act. and Sister Act, like yes. That, but... She was always the big lady. And I want to clarify, like, I'm not saying this in a in a derogatory way at all, but it's the worst role to get stuck in. Your entire thing is just, like, show up, you're dumb, you're clumsy, and everyone makes fun of your weight. And that's your right. entire character for this whole movie. Like, is the most demoralizing character that you can be cast as. And it's one of those roles that, like, once you get cast in it, yeah, you're yeah. the guy. So it's real hard for audiences to to buy you as anything else than that. It's Unless like, you want to make a, a change for your, like, really step off of the path. Like, off of the treadmill that's going really fast. Like, you're stuck on that. That's like the where you get someone like a, like a Melissa McCarthy where, like, yeah. you know, she's started to do a lot more serious dramatic right. roles. And, like, do, like, things where it's like, hey, I'm more than just, like, the big clumsy best friend to all yeah. of, like, the cute, right. skinny, hot characters you know what right. i mean it's like your body can't take that much falling down <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't you can't be the clown always why do we still make movies with Pratt Falls? it's it's fucking dumb it's like mm-hmm. the yeah. lowest hanging fruit it's it's worse than fart Dude, it's like it's, com- it's completely i feel like it's completely fat phobic like it's like yeah. you know it's you have to which is maybe an extreme word to say but it's like you you are putting people of that body shape and size in a in danger whether it be for a joke or like for whatever it's like you are that character endangers themselves because of their weight and clumsiness and it's like that's completely fucked laugh yeah Yeah, it's completely it's completely fucked it like yeah it's 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 horrible (laughs) i didn't think about it until welcome to horror movie night (laughs) where yeah (laughs) we're totally fine with skinny people you know doing their own stunts and getting hurt in horror movies though that's totally fine uh no no we're we're saying that there's professional stunt people for a reason exactly (laughs) but anyway you know what this movie does not have is any stunts um (laughs) no no no. it's it's barely got action set piece (laughs) yeah (laughs) they they can't has blood has mummy and a tomb the f- well, I do. I'd even it did say, live up to its name. You know, I would even question it being a true mummy. I was, I was. I mean, look, I, the, she was completely lifelike, and no, there's no desiccation. Yeah, really, yeah. there's nothing. There's nothing except for her Listen, hand, which was. If it a, Hammer is, said that it's a mummy movie, so it's a mummy movie. We can't my, fight that. My beer can has more mummy than blood. <laughs> <laughs> What's your beer for the week? Uh, it's it's Armada Brewing's Tomb of the Pharaohs, and it's got that's, a, it's a nice a old like classic wrapped mummy coming out right here, right now. But the the thing that this mummy lacks is breasts. 
Uh, so, you know, <laughs> you we don't have... know that they might be just wrapped up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a give and take. It's a give and take. <laughs> ah, oh, love it. Oh, dear Lord. Fucking yeah, love a You punch. know what? And I'm also going to, you know, right now I'll stand up for the Patreon people, but I'm rocking this Mahonen drive-in Monster Squad shirt that I got during the, uh, oh, cool. the double feature of Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards. And uh, I'll just say it. Mummy is the absolute worst of the five main universal monsters. It's just Absolutely. never done any, a in a in a you know in a franchise of films that we all clearly love, but we also have to like explanation, not excuse for some of the problematic elements of a lot of those movies. A lot of problematic nature in the Mummy. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> like 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 a whole lot, like a lot yeah. more than than some of the other ones. But also just like boring as fuck. Like compared well, to like doesn't the first Mummy only have well, like Mummy for like forty five seconds to a minute? To be, yeah, just pops up real fast. It's way more about like this dude who wants to raise the Mummy. <laughs> like the what's Mummy up with raises. Mum- what's for- up with Mummy movies not being about a fucking Mummy? Like this wasn't really about like. <laughs> Listen, when we get to what what will we what our double feature is, I'll tell you about a mummy movie Give that's me got some a mummy, fucking baby. mummy in it. <laughs> Give me some mummy. <laughs> it's got some mummy and it's got some daddy in it. Too, but oh, we'll get nice. into that yeah. later. Oh, so yeah. here's one thing I gotta say about mummy movies and is a rule, and I absolutely agree with you both that they're not very enticing films, uh, especially as far as Universal monsters go. They are the driest, and that doesn't yeah. just have to do with the fact that they were packed with salt. Got I them. was a budding Egyptologist for a couple years as a child, so I know far too much about embalming uh, mummy. Dude, and, same. Mummies and I loved my mummy books. Like yeah, the, dude. The, well, like, like the DK. You have? Yeah. Did you have the DK yeah. book? Oh, so good. I had books about hieroglyphics and i wanted to learn how to to read them and write them and like i knew all the gods and i knew all their their stories and epics like i between greek mythology and egyptian mythology i was dude like dude like you know obsessed yeah yeah i i went i one year in elementary school tried to write a play and cast all my friends as Greek gods and uh, other other characters, and, I was, and they were like, "No, we're reading Harry Potter. Please leave us alone." <laughs> That's fantastic. And then, I tried to, and then I tried to make a Harry Potter play, and still nobody was like wanting to be part of that at all. That was just just done it on the playground. <laughs> I don't know where. Well, that gonna... was I, also, all I wanted to do was do it like oh, okay. have rehearsals on the playground and then do the show and have people read their lines. I was horrible. <laughs> so Kyle, I've got a much sadder version of that because I did the exact same thing as you're talking about. Power I didn't have any friends, so I literally had toys that I directed. Like I took the toys to the corner and I was like, "Now your inspiration during this scene." Absolutely. <laughs> all right, race stands toy. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very telling that we are very close to episode 350, and in all that time, I'm pretty sure this is the first Mummy movie we've ever discussed, if you don't count, say, like an ensemble cast of yeah, monsters. Yeah, Monster Squad. Well, so <laughs> yeah. here's the thing that I do like about the concept of the Mummy, and I, I know this because I when I had my... 50s rock band Survivor Girl, where all the songs were based on the antagonist from horror movies. Um, I did it. We did a creature triple feature, where it's three songs, three different styles, but they are all. It was basically one long song. But the first song was about a werewolf. The second song was about a mummy, and the third song was about the creature from the Black Lagoon. And the second song was about the mummy. And um, I wrote it from the point of view of the mummy, talking about how the mummy is this guy who was cursed 
because he loved the the queen, right? So he was embalmed and his soul can't rest because he's trying to get his love back and they're eternally separated by the gods basically and I love that concept I think it's really cool and there are so many cool things you can do with mummies where it's where you talk about how the the horrible torture of being basically a revenant because you are you, you can't eat you can't sleep you can't do anything you just exist in pain and and uh physical and emotional and and like romantic pain and mm-hmm. there are just great ways to do that and maybe it's just that no one has gotten their script written that that, yeah. that goes into that you know i mean maybe that maybe not even the script's not written it's All the right, script has been written it's Oh, the challenge has been thrown on the table. I will, I will write the hell it. out of that. You know, like, no, let's fucking go. Let's do this. <laughs> there needs to be a good mummy movie, Scott. Like you're absolutely right. Like the whole existence of a mummy and like the reason that it's either reanimated or has not been dead anyway, and like this, there's this soul torture that never gets talked about. Like ancient tortured soul that does not get talked about in mummies. It wouldn't be like, expensive to make that movie. No, dude. Most of it could be like, VO. Oh, like, you don't even dude, have to show like the, the fucking mummy till the, the end, just like the original mummy. I will tell you right now, this movie, Blood of the Mummy, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, was is, they spent more on the plywood hieroglyphic set than we would yeah. on our entire movie. Yeah. And my grandma made better hieroglyphics for my Halloween party in elementary school than Hammer did in that fucking basement tomb. I'll tell you what. Grandma Liz for the win. Thanks, Grandma Liz. The best part about this movie, there was one part that made me laugh, is the part where they're in, where the Professor Fuchs is in the basement and he opens up the, I want to call it a glove box because it's got a hand in it, but he opens up the box and it's got the <laughs> hand in it and he just, it's its basically like one smooth motion. He just like catches the quickest w- look and he just boop, closes it right back up. Nope, no thank you. He wasn't yeah. even scared or surprised. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was expecting. Under there. Like, I, yes. I laughed when I watched that the second time. That was a good bit. As we're talking about mummies, I just remembered something and I did some quick Googling and while doing the Googling, what I did find out was that there was a remake of this movie, sort of. It was yes. another adaptation of the same Bram Stoker yep. <laughs> story. And my family rented it in 1998 because we were so baffled that Home Improvement's Al Borland was starring in a movie with Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> called Bram Stoker's Legend of the Mummy. And I think we made it about 30 minutes into it because it is fucking trash. <laughs> and that's like... That is a 13-year-old Matt Kelly being like, can we shut this off? <laughs> like, there was a, there was bad. another movie, too, that was based on that same story. There are th- Now, I only know about two, but there are three movies based on Jewel of Seven Stars. Scream Factory put out both. I think Scream Factory put this one out and then put out The Awakening. Yeah, The Awakening is the other. And The Awakening shares an actor with Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, which is so funny to me. No shit. What's yeah, so it was the guy weird. that played the priest. It wasn't the it wasn't the Chris Parnell looking motherfucker with white streaks in his hair, like to Love make that him guy. aged. Like, yeah. what the fuck was that? That character was out of control. As long as we can make a movie about a mummy that has a better death scene than Todd's death scene in this, where he's in a um, oh a stationary car and then they pretend Dude, like he's having an accident. He got, that was the funniest part to me. Like that was, I would, I would recommend uh, folks. If you only want to see one part of this, if there was like the YouTube clip show where it was broken up into 10 clips from the movie that you could see, I would suggest that you watch that scene. <laughs> and probably the second, or to third to last 
scene yeah. from the movie if, if you're watching which you know i didn't feel like there was a lot of act, like not much like those things are should be high action and they are so lame they are so oh, lame all they so did was they just static. had somebody act and then they just zoomed the camera in. it was great oh my god <laughs> all right really so, there, rough. so there was a there was a third adaptation of this book so that means four so there was yeah. four sorry there was four adaptations of the book Good god from 1986 starring john Carden and Sybil Danning, and look at that fucking poster. That is a fucking poster right there. The Tomb (laughs) from Trans World Entertainment. I would love if somehow all four of these movies had the same big-ass gumball machine-sized ring that's used (laughs) throughout. (laughs) If the hammer was like, yeah, just keep using it. We we made that out of resin. We we put 30 minutes into that. You actually Music. can't you can't use the rights to the Jewel of the Seven Star without using that ring <laughs> in yeah. the film that your adaptation. Guys, we need to track it down. It's, Who's got that eBay auction link for us? <laughs> it was almost as big as her whole hand, dude. Yeah, and I know that it only cost fifty cents. I bought one myself. I love that she puts it on, and then she gets picked up by her boyfriend, and he and she has to like move her hair back over her ear for him to notice because he's a fucking moron because he's and i don't know how that dude must be blind in one eye like that dude must have like really just like bad peripheral vision or something it was crazy toxic masculinity in 1971 he was like i am not wearing glasses i don't need them i'm getting real deep into the (laughs) the backstory of this the two movies side note the director who made this movie has insane credits uh, including Evil Spawn, Beverly Hills Vampire, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. What? And Evil Tunes. And now... Is it Wernowski? No, it's like Fred something. Oh, uh, yeah. Fred, uh, Fred Owen Ray. Owen Ray. Fred Owen Ray. Yeah. Owen Ray. He's, yeah. So let me read just a couple, <laughs> a couple of the films that he's directed in just the last like three or four years. Uh, and I think you'll get a vibe of where his career has led him. A Christmas in Royal Fashion. A Wedding for Christmas. A Christmas Princess, Baking Christmas, <laughs> One Fine Christmas, A Royal Christmas Engagement, and The Killer in My Backyard, which came out last year. You know, I, you know, I, that went exactly yeah, the opposite direction I thought you were going to go. Because for a guy that did Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, I thought for sure he was going to do the Wynorski, where it's only going to be like aging porn stars with massive breast implants. Right. Like yeah. pumping out six of those a year, because that's what Wynorski does nowadays. And it is yes. something else. Yeah, I, I those those two had a very uh, parallel career, and then all, now completely, completely other. But that's, it's like the mirror broke. Yeah, that's what a lot well, of those that's... independent studios end up doing if they're still around, and if they have a history of like horror. Like, so we have a studio here in Connecticut that did all like a bunch of sci-fi channel and chiller originals. And I mean, so they're already, I guess they had a foot in the TV world, but now they're cranking out like four Hallmark movies a year here in Connecticut. That's where the money is. Have you seen Matt Kelly's Instagram in December? I know. Well, that's (laughs) That's even absolutely it. Look at like a mutual friend of, I'm pretty sure a mutual friend of all three of ours, but, but like Rebecca McKendry. Oh yeah. It's like, if you can get in at lifetime or Hallmark, you're good. Like yeah. you, you will be a working director. Yeah, that pays the bills until you get to make yeah. the movie you want. Yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. like that's the and same with an actor. If you're an actor and you get your foot in the door at like a Lifetime or Hallmark movie, and you're like easy to work with, and they like you, yeah, you never have to worry about where the paycheck is going to be coming from for for at least a decade. They will find ways mind, to use you. You know that that puts the puzzle pieces together in such a weird way in my brain because you know when I go 
digging, you know, just to like follow hashtags on the HMN Insta, so much overlap of Hallmark Lifetime shit and horror actors. And I'm like, why? It seems so dichotomous, like weird. But Matt, you just blew my mind, buddy. Thank you so much. Not for anything, but it's like, especially if you get into the Lifetime route, that's not and not Christmas, you can still... Who watches them, though? Well, so, dude, I I mean, look, I don't know the demographic, but people do like there is there's a huge demographic for him i guess i guess that's not true my grandma will told me in july that she'll just put on hallmark in the background because it's like it's easy and doesn't oh it's and, like but it's still like a, a story comfort. yeah it's a, okay. absolutely a comfort it's like the same i mean this like our comfort of throwing stuff on the back in the background is a hammer movie uh, but it, <laughs> yeah. like my grandma's is hallmark and Fair. i think that like Fair. and but then they get caught into that and it's like well i know that if they want to watch a thriller, then they watch Lifetime at night. And it's like they still have – they're still cookie-cutter movies, and but there's creativity within the storyline. So it's like all the beats are the same. Like it's the choreography uh, is the yeah. same, but it's, what is placed within the choreography is completely different, if that makes huh. any sense. And I think that that's – when you think about like when you're a horror fan, like you know, why do we like – almost every 80s slasher film that we watch is because it's a very specific format that we know it's going to yeah. follow. But the story and, like, that's can be kind of, insane. Like a psycho the story killer can be grandma insane. Like, is well, that's also why, a lifetime dude, movie. <laughs> you know? that's, that's why I fucking love these Netflix Christmas movies. Like, mm-hmm. they are fucking yeah. bonkers. And they're all Vanessa Hutchins. Like, she just keeps getting tossed in there. But it's like... You made Kyle like, choke on his beer. <laughs> It's like the Princess Switch trilogy. I know that a lot of them are insane. Vanessa Hutchins, but they're not all Vanessa. <laughs> they're almost all. One was Brooke Shields. So, so she's in. I've oh talked about God. this on the I Love Trash podcast because I've talked about the second and now the third Princess Switch film. The third Princess Switch film is a heist movie in which three of the people doing the heist are all Vanessa Hutchins. <laughs> like that's like where this movie gets to. And then there's also The Night Before Christmas, spelled with a K, in which a knight is forced back in forward in time to modern day and has to make a Christmas miracle happen to go back to medieval times. But he falls in love with Vanessa Hutchins <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to. He's like, I don't want to go back to the time frame that I came from. But then they're like, it's a whole fucking he multiverse. Could just, he could just I don't, I don't he could get with anymore. her and then like bounce and no, yeah. no responsibility. Nope. No, he has he has true love. He's a knight, Scott. There's a whole thing oh, of chivalry. honor. Yeah. God, yeah. you're right. He wouldn't have even touched her. He would just pine <laughs> for her from but, afar. But the time frame that he's coming from is the same kingdom as the Princess Switch movies take place, and then. There's the prince, the Christmas Prince trilogy, and in the first Princess Switch movie, the one character's like, "Here, let's sit down and watch your favorite movie," and they fucking log on to Netflix and start watching the Christmas Prince. And I'm like, "What is happening?" This is like, like I, the Dark Tower of Christmas movies. This is Stephen <laughs> King is Netflix so is pissed off their- right now. They've built their own multiverse of like this this whole fucking MCU of Christmas movies I over at Netflix. Fucking <laughs> hate that, and I'm and I love it at the same time. You are so gonna watch all of them next December, this December. Like oh it's, my God. it's happening. Don't you, don't I made you such worry. a mistake bringing it up. I I'm seeing Matt Kyle, light up. I'll tell you and what. You and I will. You and I will Christmas. take a ride together. We'll we'll sim- We'll synchronize watches. I'll be dude, like, hey, God. horror movie night. You want to watch Princess Patreon Switch tonight? Bonus. We'll just book yeah, watch it. dude. Oh my God, I need to know. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. 
They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Ah, the smell of the video store. I love this place. Do you remember when you could just look at the walls of covers? We had to choose just by looking at the cover and reading the crappy synopsis. It was, you were leaving with one. And the only way to know what new movies were coming out is you actually had to watch the trailers instead of skipping them. Right, we didn't have the internet to look it up. We had one guy named Todd behind the counter that would (laughs) tell us what was good or not. And Todd strangely liked way too many romantic comedies. Yes, but you always knew when the boobies were coming because Todd made sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and remember all the awful CG we had to put up with in the mid-90s? We talk about that a lot, don't we? Join us on Analog Jones and the Temple Film where we talk about VHS tapes. And we wax nostalgia like none other. I think we've gone as far as we could possibly go. Yeah. <laughs> Away from Blood from Love Studio. Yeah. All right, so Scott, what's your double feature on this bad boy? I'm gonna I'm gonna fix the the evening. I was gonna say night, but I didn't want to have the K N I G H T in here. So I'm gonna <laughs> fix my evening by getting a truly romantic horror movie, and I'm going that has a similar title. I'm gonna go with My Bloody Valentine. All right, all right. I'm gonna finally go. see the unedited version because I still have yes. it. I promised a mummy, and I promised a daddy. And that's why I'm going to watch 1999's The Mummy starring Brandon Frazier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You telegraphed that so bad, dude. Like I know. You, it's all right. You know, you know how I talked about a couple weeks ago about how I'm bad at the long con? You're, you're worse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's why they tune in. I can fix it in editing, but I'm not going to this time. Anyway, Kyle, double feature it for us, baby. I ended up going with another Bram Stoker novel adaptation which is layer of the white worm by ken russell That's because so i think fun. yeah dude i think it's ken russell yeah who ended up yeah it is. he i mean uh, a true master but also what the fuck is happening uh and so and it, it'll just be it'll be really a, a nice change of pace from the very like sterile little bit slow even though it's not as slow as other hammer it'll be a nice change of pace and a little more what the fuck um yeah happening just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit Just a a smidge. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we welcome a special guest to come take a deep dive into a One Hit Wonder artist with us. And together, we decide if that artist brought the One Hit Thunder or was nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. You can find One Hit Thunder anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So hit that subscribe button and join in on the fun each week. All right, Scott, you know what comes up next, baby. What did you watch, see, talk about, etc.? So I, I, I got to talk about Eyes of Tammy Faye. Fantastic oh, yeah. film. 
Uh, yep. Like, I, I was Michael not... Showalter directed. <laughs> that explains everything. So was that that was a 2021 movie, right? Yeah, yes. that was so, that was one of my favorite films of the year. I loved that. I saw that in theaters. Wow, very empty screening of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> you, I, I think it deserves an award this year, but not for what you think it deserves. I think that the special effects need an award because. I love when an actor submerges themselves so heavily into a character that you no longer see them. And a lot of that has to do with the costuming and the makeup. I mean, the facial prosthetics on both uh, Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield are incredible because they're they're smiling and they're laughing and they're singing and, and they're close-ups. And you can... I know that Jessica Chastain's cheeks don't look like that and her teeth don't look like that, but it is such an amazing, like... Vision and that's it, 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 and that was her passion perfect. project. She's she's been working on trying yeah, to get that movie it. made yeah. for like a decade. Yeah, yeah. absolutely loved it. Um, and it, it got me thinking a lot about again. I mean, not like it's too far from my mind, but it got me thinking again about the evils of prosperity gospel and how mm-hmm. recent it is. It just seems like yeah, it, it's so interesting to think about the fact that it has existed just longer than I have, you know? But it's always been a part of my life, obviously, because it was status quo by the the late 80s when I knew what it was. I mean, I didn't know it was called Prosperity Gospel, but, I mean, I knew what it was, and just so fucking good. And I think it captures, like, a a thing that I know is near and dear to my heart, and and having conversations with Kyle, I, I feel like I could say the same for him, is, like, that movie in two hours really captures like there are two types of Christians in the world, like the mm-hmm. ones who get it and have the best intentions in the world and the people who have completely misunderstood every aspect of what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. If yeah. they uh, identify as that. And, and, and like, you know, shout out to Vincent D'Onofrio for being the bad guy again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that's just they choose the they somehow choose the wrong choose your own adventure answer every time (laughs) like like you know what i mean like i I think that like there's the the beautiful and troublesome thing about christianity and i suppose any religion but christianity as far as my experience is that like you really can have the beautiful experience that i believe it to be but then you there are so many like you can absolutely terrorize the world with it too, <laughs> there are a lot so, more people that are doing the latter than the former, like you and are. I believe, Let's and just I, thank you, but I also like, but I like, I just, I think that it is, and that's yeah. I'm excited to watch that movie. Uh, Tammy Faye is so interesting, and all of those, like, I don't know, that whole story is yeah, really interesting. I'm excited to check that out. I mean, she was just a punchline my entire life, and then right. as we were watching it, Megan's doing like deep dives on the internet on her phone, and she's like telling me extra stuff, and I'm just like blown away. So yeah. absolutely, well, her son, her son is a fucking badass too. Actually, Jay Baker. I'm gonna keep mine short because I am pretty sure I'm the only one who's seen it out here. Scream 2022 had a blast. I. Th- think it is right there with Scream 2 and 4 for me is just a really fucking good time and Radio Silence can do no wrong. That is my review. Dylan and I from Christmas 365 found the weirdest loophole to do a whole episode about Scream 5 uh, <laughs> strictly just based on the fact that Screams 1 and 2 came out in December right before Christmas time. So let's talk about Scream 5. Yeah, if you want to get a deeper review on that, go check out that episode of Christmas 365 from a few weeks ago. I reintroduced myself to a discovery channel show called movie magic from 94 and i have vivid i had i had 
vivid memories of watching a TV program about special effects miniatures and then some other, like sometimes another episode, which I, it pops into my head about explosions. And I remember watching that show as a kid and being so like taken aback at the things that make movies. Like I understood what movies were. And then I understood that this is behind the scenes and, but I like I couldn't believe what they were doing to then put it to the movies I was watching, and, I, and so I, I, di- I didn't comprehend what that was, and I have memories of it, and some it popped into my head the other night, and I was like, I need to figure out what it is. Like I just need to figure out what is happening, and I found out that it was a show called Movie Magic on Discovery Channel. There's a whole YouTube playlist of the episodes. Somebody taped them. They are, you know, v- they are they are taken from their tv and put up i don't know i i wanted to say it was 80 episodes but i don't think it was that many 50 maybe it ran from 94 to 97 and it just it's so fun they go and they talk to i only watched three episodes so far one was optical effects and they talk about the optical printer and how it was used in king kong and then how it's used in a bunch of stuff i it, it was it was just really interesting and then, but they also talked to like some of, like some. Oh, I just wish I remembered the names before just like going off on this tangent. <laughs> There's a lot of like horror overlap too, like a lot of effects guys that are doing. You know, they go on. They talk about Death Becomes Her a lot, like on oh, one yeah. episode. And now you're just like, what? Oh, Carnosaur! Oh my God! Yeah, dude, they talk Carnosaur in the third episode. <laughs> like they have a whole segment about Carnosaur. Because Roger Corman's producing it, and it's, like, obviously easy to, like, get in touch. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I might have known about Carnosaur before I knew about literally any other horror movie in my lifetime. <laughs> because I watched that show. Anyway, they're 22-minute episodes because they, they're 30 minutes for cable in, in yeah, 94. Yeah, the- they're so fun. Uh, highly recommend. I wanted to be uh, – I wanted to be – a costume designer because of that show. I wanted to be a stunt person because of that show. I wanted to be like literally everything before I landed on being like, Oh, I, I guess I want to do what I'm doing now. Uh, I wanted to do yeah. like all like the niche shit. Like I wanted to dude. I almost, Oh my God. Like I wanted to go to Tom Savini's like makeup school that got advertised in Fangoria so badly. And like, I uh, like, but I had no, and no talent in that realm at all. Yeah. But oh. I was like, oh, but this is involved in all the movies that I like. So I want to be like, that was what it was. Like, that's what movie magic was. That's what Fangoria was. That's what like, until I landed on like, oh, I'm writing and directing and I can do that. It's crazy. Something that didn't have a ton of special effects. The Blood from the Mummy's Tomb from 1971. Yeah. Picked by Scott. We'll be back next week for yet another pick in the horror movie night archives or, or, or archives, whatever. Our our pantheon of films the library the library and we'll be back next week with some of that good 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 stuff You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. 
You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 